Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't joined our wonderful marketing transformation community yet, go to innovabiz.co and collect your free gift as well. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. Tap into your warrior. Don't be afraid of it. Overcome those challenges. Embrace your lover side, your heart. Find your passion. Be creative. Be playful. Um, you know, impart your wisdom. That'll bring you to king and queen. Write that story of you as the king and queen. And then ultimately the hero. Become the hero and help guide the other people. And I will tell you at the end of your life, when you look back on it, if you've lived towards writing your story as being a hero, uh, you'll look back and realize, yeah, I really was. I've had an incredible impact on many, many lives, and it was very fulfilling. Welcome back. I hope your week's been fantastically awesome so far. If you haven't listened yet to my recent conversations with Jamie Watson, the chair and director of the Common Mission Project Australia, and with co-founder of Online Business Accelerator, Jonathan Cullinan, then do listen in, but only after you've listened to today's conversation. I'm really excited today to have on the Innova Buzz podcast as my guest, Eric Rogel. He's a speaker, a storyteller, and the host of the Warriors, Lovers, Kings, and Heroes podcast. He's producer of the Complete Man Summit, He's a best-selling author and a mentor, creating bold, inspirational leaders who want to ignite motivation, vision, and purpose in their teams and in their lives. He's interviewed hundreds of men, from celebrities to athletes to entrepreneurs to military vets, diving deep into their stories of what made them the men and the leaders that they are today. And Eric has made it his mission to get you the tools, the tips, the strategies, and the intel, you need to be the best leader you can be to step into your greatness as a leader, a partner, and a parent, and to teach you how to create other strong leaders. In our discussion today, Eric talked to me about the four archetypes we all live during our hero's journey, and the hint is in the title of his podcast, Warrior, Lover, King or Queen, Hero, and how to embody each of these deliberately to be more effective, respected and successful as a leader. We talked about the formula for wording directives and instructions so your team is inspired and motivated and gets the job done. And we talked about what we learn about people knowing their favourite superhero. That's a fun little exercise. Without further ado then, let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Eric Rogel. Hi, 
Hi, I'm your host, Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm really excited today to welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast all the way from Fort Lauderdale in Florida, the USA, Eric Rogel, who works with entrepreneurs and executives, showing them how to unleash their inner hero and give them unique strategies to take their teams from uninspired to unstoppable. Eric's also host of the Warriors, Lovers, Kings and Heroes podcast. Welcome to the Innova Buzz podcast, Eric. It's a real privilege to have you here as my guest. Hey, Jurgen, how you doing? You know, I'm, I'm excited. I'm honored to be here. This, uh, I've been looking forward to this for a little while now. Yeah. Now, we, we met on an event that Michael Roderick and Jason Van Orden uh, ran a few months ago, actually, now. Michael was our guest on episode 328 of the Innova Buzz podcast, and Jason was our guest on episode 275. So, big hello to Jason and Michael, and thanks for introducing us. Yeah, absolutely. The two great guys, and, and that was a fantastic event that we met on, too. I mean, that was a memorable one. Mm, yeah, it certainly was. I really enjoy those kind of events uh, where we have some genuine conversations, and I think we're, we're going to tap into that topic a little bit more today. But good, before good. we do that, um, what is it that drives you, Eric, and how, did that, how does that shape what you do today? Uh, yeah, I love that question, Jurgen. You know, it's, it's for me, I think two things. I, I, you know, I, I work with leaders, entrepreneurs. I, how do we make them better? How do we build better teams? And I think part of it's two parts. What really drives me is one, I'm very inspired by people who are incredible leaders. And I know that for the beginning part of my career, I was a terrible leader. I was awful. I made every mistake that you could make. And I would look at you know, I wasn't having the success in business that I really thought I should be having. And I was like, well, what is it? Am I not hiring the right people? Am I not doing this the right way? And when I really looked at it, I was the only suspect at the scene of every crime. So it had to be me. <laughs> and I realized that, um, you know, I didn't really have great role models as leaders, like who to look up to as a leader. And part of it was people that were, you know, uh, that I had worked for. Uh, I learned from them. And the other part was my own attitude towards it. I really wasn't open to learning and seeking out role models and mentors who could show me really how to lead. And I had a real resistance to that. And as I got older and realized, hey, you know, this is me. It's, it's all about me. I've got to grow as a leader. I really became fascinated by it and the impact that it can have, not just on your business and not just on your own life, but on other people's lives. And then if they go off to open their own businesses and, and, and start their own journey uh, into leadership for themselves, I realized what an impact it could make and the ripple effect of that. And so that's really what started to drive me to go deeper into this and find some really kind of cool and you know, innovative ways to lead and to build teams and create those connections and relationships and communicate and all these other things that, that go along with being a really strong and powerful leader. Hmm. Yeah, I love it. Um, now, I know, I know you're a big fan of the hero's journey as a metaphor <laughs> for, for life and for leadership. And, and I was kind of thinking about the hero's journey and what you've just said there and, and thinking about, okay, you're in the ordinary world. Uh, you're, you're the ordinary leader, <laughs> the worst leader. <laughs> yeah. Not, and, and then all of a sudden it dawned on you. So that was the, the realization, the second step, there was a call to action that, um, you know, something's got to change. And I think it's me that has to change. Um, but, but there's the, I think it's the third or the fourth step where there's the, um, the 
uh, resistance. So mm -hmm. you challenge you risk, the resistance. So, yeah, the challenge, the resistance, and then then eventually you step up and cross the threshold. So was there a trigger moment for you when you when you kind of took that step and and journeyed into this world? Because I want to explore a little bit the the whole idea of self awareness as the first step, which is kind of where you, where you cross the threshold, right? Yeah, you know that's great, and I love that part. You know, Jurgen, as you're saying that, I'm actually looking back because now I'm looking at yeah, when did that happen and you know, for me, I think there was a point um, several years ago, I was living with my girlfriend. Uh, she was very successful. Uh, she's a, a surgeon, had her own practice, was doing very well. I had a business that was doing okay. We were just getting it off the ground. And then I had a situation uh, with my business partner. And without getting into details, it was horrible. And I took it very personally. And I can remember I spent, and there was about a two-year period there, a year and a half, I would say, where we were going to get into legal issues, right? It was uh, you know, mm. suing each other, and there was all kinds of stuff. And I got very depressed. And I was on the couch most of the day. I didn't want to work. I didn't want to do anything. I thought, why me? There was a lot of victimhood that I put on myself. This was done to me. Why am I failing? And, you know, I came to the realization like we talked about briefly a second ago that, you know, this is me. I, I, you know, there's no victim here. This is, I can make a choice. I need to look at what are the choices that I've been making and how do I make better ones? And in the midst of this, my, my girlfriend had gotten tired of me wallowing in my failure, wallowing in my victim. And she asked me to leave. She threw me out of the house. And so here I was no business, no relationship, no place to live, having to really kind of search and, you know, getting into the, the stories of myth. Isn't that where a lot of these start? There's a tragedy or there's mm. some tremendous challenge and you've got to really tap into and the archetype that I use for this is the warrior. And I had not really done that. And I, I really took a look inside and said, I've got to move forward. I've got to be the one that takes the reins on this. And so I had to tap into that warrior and and really just start to move myself forward. And I realized that it started with me. You know, there was no one else for me to turn to at that point. It had to be my decision. It had to be me looking at me and moving myself forward. And, and at that moment, I said, I need to find the right people to be mentors. I need to find the right people to be role models. And I, I need to move myself forward in that. And fortunately, I was able to do that and if you're talking about the, you know, the hero's journey, there's always that wizard, right? That hmm. shows up, that otherworldly, whatever it may be, that shows up and adds assistance to the, to the hero. And, and I found that um, in, in a great mentor of mine. And he, uh, he helped guide me. And then I realized, wow, when you're on this hero's journey, uh, those four archetypes that, we, that you mentioned that were you know, on my podcast was warriors, the one that gets us going, right? That's our boldness, our courage, our drive, our ambition, the explorer, the adventurer, you know, all the things that get us moving on our journey. But you have to have uh, on that side, the lover side, which is the heart based, right? The heart side. And that's where you find the wisdom and creativity and um, compassion and the passion for what it is that you're doing. Because without that, you're just a barbarian, right? So you have to have the mm -hmm. two of those and in all of these myths and stories, we look at the hero of the story runs through those, right? We had the challenge we talked about. 
they overcome different challenges and somewhere along the line, they find purpose, they find passion, they might find true love. They might find that, Hey, I'm doing this for the people of my city, the, the people on my team. Uh, that's where they find the love. And that's when they can return as the king and the queen. When I looked at this in terms of my journey, when I looked at it in terms of a leadership journey for businesses, it really clicked for me. And I said, that's where we need to go is balancing the warrior, the lover, the heart side, become the king and queen of the story and ultimately the hero of the story. And the hero is when you're creating other kings and queens and guiding others on their path. And so that's kind of where I came to this year again. And it's what really began to move me forward faster. Mm, yeah. Yeah, there's so much to love about that. And you said something that uh, I had to laugh because that was kind of my entire um, model of leadership that I'd been exposed to all throughout my kind of you know early career and growing up, which was, you know, warriors, really strong warriors, but they didn't have anything of lover in them. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like they, they were the steamrollers they achieved. And if you got in the way, well, you just got flattened. That was it. <laughs> yeah. And so, and, you know, and that's and interesting. So many of us get that. Yeah. We yeah, get yeah. that. And then it's, and how did you feel? Let me just ask you that. how did you feel when, when you were, when you were working for someone that, oh, had I felt, that? felt really bad. I mean, the, the my first, my very first job in industry after I came out of university and I, my university professor that I had um, uh, when I was doing my postdoc, I worked for one of the most famous professors in, in Germany and uh, I'm probably giving some stuff away here now because you can look up who that is. <laughs> but uh, I mean, he was, he was a wonderfully gifted guy, very accomplished, you know, absolutely brilliant and of course, it was an honor to be able to work for him and, and be in that group and and bask in that profile, if you like. Um, but he was very much um, stuck in the warrior mode. And um, whilst whilst he was the kind of person you I could deal with that there, when I got out into industry, all of a sudden there were all these people that were very firmly in the warrior mode. And because of the cutthroat nature of industry, now this this sort of became really tough to deal with, and um, my very first boss outside of that experience was was somebody who ah oh, he just steamrolled people and you know um, there wasn't any talk of making kings and queens and building other heroes. He he wanted to be the hero and he wanted to be the king and queen and everybody else were just minions and uh, yeah. what do they call it? like a chess chess piece? You know the 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 pawns the that pawns, you. Yeah. The trade off the pawns and protect the king and queen. Yeah, that that's the ego playing into that, right? And I worked for a lot of these people, and I was that guy for a while. Where it's ego, it's my business. You're here working for me. You should be happy you have a job, and this is the way it's going to get done, right? And that is warrior mode. And listen, there's there's times where that's not only okay, it's necessary. Like we're for, mm. for driving forward into something. But what I always tell the, the the you know the entrepreneurs, the executives that I work with is when you look at the heart side, right? So it's lead off with the warrior, always lead off with the warrior. That's the, that's the way all these stories happen. That's why I call this the software of our soul, because we're used to hearing stories like this. We're used to where it's decision, which is a warrior trait. And, and they go out and explore and they go on the adventure, they overcome a challenge, but it must be followed with the heart side. Otherwise, like you said, it's a steamroller. So 
what what a lot of people think is that the 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 heart side makes you weak. It's a weakness there. It's not weak in any way. It's actually even more powerful when you come from that. So I'll give you an example. You're going to tell me if this, you know, I do a lot of work with, with my clients on communication. How are you communicating? How do you get, um, you know, a directive across that makes people motivated to follow you? That's what really makes a leader, right? People are in, inspired to follow you. And so if I came to you and I gave you an instruction and I said, Jurgen, you know that, that project that you're working on? And this is a Friday, by the way. And I go, that project that you're working on, I need that on my desk Monday morning. And if it's not on my desk Monday morning, there's going to be problems. It's going to cause a whole bunch of things to happen in the business. And I'm going to have to fire you. So I want it on my desk Monday. Mm. And I know you're going to have to work over the weekend and I don't care. I need it Monday. How does that make you feel? <laughs> Pretty lousy, actually. In fact, I, I was just thinking, I was just thinking where I am in life right now, I'd probably say, all right, I'll save you the trouble. I'm going to resign. <laughs> right, I'm out. I'm done. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I was that guy for a while. I was like, mm. I don't care. You know, this is your job. You need to get it done. I need it now. So if I follow that and I do it, you know, that's like more of a negative-ish warrior. It's kind of mm -hmm. overbearing and bossy and authoritative, um, you know, authoritarian. I mean, it's very, ugh. you can come from an empowered warrior, which is the bold, courageous, a steward, a leader, those kind of things, and follow it up with a very strong, you know, lover heart side. And that would be something more like, you know, <clears throat> hey, Jurgen, we've made a decision. Uh, that project that you're working on, we have to have that Monday morning. Now I understand today's Friday and it means you're going to have to work over the weekend, but there is no other way we can do this. However, we really believe that you can get it done and we want to support you in getting it done any way we can. So I am making the entire team available to you over the weekend. If you need any kind of help from them, I will give you my personal cell phone number and you can get a hold of me if you need anything. So, uh, you know, we know this is not ideal, but again, it's the decision that had to be made. Do you have any questions for me? How does mm -hmm. that feel? Yeah, feels a lot better. Feels feels as though I've got support and and you're in it with me and the team's in it with me and you know that they'll work over the weekend too if needed. Right, you're not alone. You're not being mm. you know put down. You're not being so. It 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 that was leading with the warrior, supporting with the lover of the heart. The support was, we believe in you. We're going to make sure you have everything you need. That's not weakness. That's not being nicey nicey, which a lot of mm. Uh, you know, and I did that too. I swung the pendulum, I call it, all the way to the other way and said, well, if the overbearing, you know, steamroller warrior guy isn't working, I'll be super nice, friendly, nice guy. And that mm. doesn't work either. So it's that that balance of you can be strong and firm. Decision is a strong warrior trait. We've decided this is what needs to happen. I'm speaking to you adult to adult. I'm not, you know, bearing down on you. I'm not sugarcoating anything. I'm saying this is exactly what needs to happen, but we're here to support you and we believe in you. And if you need us, we're here. So that is that lover support side. And, and a lot of us forget to add that part in at the end. And I'm sure, like you said, you've experienced it the other way and it's not, it's not pleasant. Hmm. Hmm. All right. So um, one of the, um, I mean, I want to come back to a fundamental question, I suppose, and, and <laughs> okay. I'm sure you, you're up for this one, but it's yeah. the idea of the hero's journey comes back to Joseph Campbell's monomyth and, and his book, and I can't remember the title of his first book now. Pa but Power it, of Myth? 
or the, yeah, that's, prob uh, that's probably it. But 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 basically, he talks about um, uh, all the studies around myths and how all the stories, you know, going back thousands of years, every story essentially has this kind of structure. And why it works so well is because that's that's our life. That's mm -hmm. how you can kind of look at our life. It's a model. <laughs> but um, what what I was fascinated in you. You know, you talk about the hero and so on. So tell us a little bit more. What's the hero? Yeah, so so think of it this way. When I when I tell people, look, when, when when you're working with that warrior lover and become the king or queen, and you are the king and queen of whatever it is that you're doing, um, the king, the queen, they do for themselves, they do for the people in their kingdom. So it's who's out there immediately. The hero, what becomes really heroic is when the ego is dropped, doing for self is dropped, and you do selflessly for others, right? We could see acts of heroism that we've seen. We've, we've read stories of where the hero saves everyone and it's this whole story. So when I work with, with leaders and I say, look, we're going to get you to be king and queen, right? We're going to get you into that, that step into your king, your queen, run your kingdom. But imagine how great it would be if your job, if your mission, if your goal, your vision was, I am going to create as many kings and queens around me as I can. So from a business standpoint and a leadership standpoint, it would be, how do I make everybody who's working for me better than I am at what they do? I mean, feel how selfless that is. I want to make them the best, whatever it is they do that they can be. And if they decide to leave, if they get, if they get so good, they get recruited and they leave, that would be ideal. That's wonderful because good for them. I've had a hand in helping them become that. And so many of us don't really think that way. Uh, I know I didn't when I first started in business. It was like, no, no, I need to keep you here because I need you. So I don't want you being better than me. That's ego-minded. I want you to be able to just do this and you do this and I don't want you to grow. But the heroic part of it is I want you to be legendary. I want you to leave a legacy. I want you to go off and do your own thing and be amazing at it. And I want to be a part of helping you do that. That's impact. That is influence. That is creating ripples. And to me, that is really the hero. And that's how you can do that in your own business and in your own life. And when you think about, you know, when I say life, yeah, it's great to do this in business. And you've got these people on your team and you're constantly challenging them to grow. You're constantly mentoring and leading them to grow. What if you did that within your own family? What if you wanted your, your spouse, your partner to be the absolute best that they could be? What if you did that with your children or your siblings or anyone in your family, your friends, and you're like, I am committed to being your hero. I am committed to helping you be the best that you can be. Be your own king, be your own queen, and I want to guide you on that journey. So to me, that is really truly being the hero, Jurgen. That, that's where you step into that archetype. Mm. Yeah, I love it, and and help other people be their hero, their the hero in their world too. Exactly, and you just pass it down the line. Mm. Honestly, that's the legacy. That's what you're leaving. The yeah. impact you're making. I guess I'd, there's a follow-on question for that, which is how do we embrace that concept? And I'll put that in the context you talked about. Um, if you're in business, you've got people working for you. You don't want them to leave, so you kind of have that limiting thinking going on saying 
gee, if I develop them up to be absolutely fantastic at this job, plus, you know, give them some other stuff to stretch them and help them learn, then at some point, I'm not going to be able to utilize all their skills and they'll move on and do something else. Or they'll, they'll, their ambition will grow that they want to run their own business, for example. And so they'll leave mm -hmm. my business and go away. And so there's that limiting thinking. But in a corporate world, and I've seen this over and over in, in my time in running teams in the corporate world, where I was working with uh, our HR departments and saying, yeah, we need to put together uh, development plans, future development plans for these people and you know, map out how, how we can add skills to their skill portfolio and how we can develop them further. One of the barriers I often ran into there is, uh, the, and as ego-centered, I guess, is, gee, if this person learns enough, they'll be better than me and they might get that, that next promotion that I've been uh, keeping my eye on, they might end up getting it. So how, yeah. do, we, how do we kind of change the, the mindset of both of those limiting beliefs and, and embrace this concept? Yeah, that is an outstanding question because, you know, it's funny as you're even speaking that I could feel it like in me, like how I would, you know, was where it was like, yeah, I don't want them being better than me. Like, how does that feel? However, you know, I was working with, with one of my mentors who's a, a woman. I was working with her on something and I said, yeah, but Sue, I mean, if I did this and I did that and they're going and being greatness and they're taking credit and she used the word two words. She said, Eric, what if your entire life, you were just an unsung hero? And I really mm -hmm. felt that I was like, wow, unsung hero. So she goes, you're the only one that knows you're responsible for their success. You're responsible for their growth. Without you, they wouldn't be where they are. Does it matter if they tell you? Does it matter if everyone else in the world knows? Does it matter if they throw you a parade or is that just ego? Or how does it feel to know that you know that you were the one that did that? And that was tough because I was like, wait a minute, I want parades. I want accolades. I want to be yeah. the guy. And <laughs> But when you really think about it, it's how are you living? Are you living for the fulfillment of yourself? Are you living to create success in others? And that's truly um, you know, heroic. It's truly... Um, selfless in doing that. And so I can, you know, when you said that, I could feel that old feeling of, and when I say old, I'm not over it, Jurgen. I'm not telling you that it's no. never going to happen. I still get that to this day where it's like, mm, wow, they're going to be better than I am. What is, where does that leave me? But it also, you know, keeps me striving forward too. Like I want to stay ahead on the path. I want to be constantly growing myself. But looking at that, if I look back and say, Let's say I'm 80 years old, Jurgen, and I'm sitting on the rocking chair on my porch and I'm looking back on my life and I go, which would I rather? Wow, I had a really good team and they worked with me forever and they stayed in the same job and they just did what they did for years. Or, wow, I have helped create businesses and careers and legacies for dozens and dozens of people over the years who went on to create and do amazing things, live their dream and their purpose. When I look at it that way, then it's the ego seems really small and insignificant because mm. that fulfillment at the end of, you know, my days, that's my legacy is I've created this for other people. And to me, that's the most important thing there is. 
Mm. Yeah, I love it. I guess, uh, you know, and, and I'll put my hand up too in terms of the um, the idea of the unsung hero is something that I struggle with every now and then in terms of, you know, somebody will say, oh, I did this. And it's wonder Isn't it wonderful? And they take the credit for it. And you think, well, that was that was my idea and I helped you put that into play or whatever, you know, and, and, and that's, I often have that response and think, well, you know, you could have at least given me some credit in public. So that, and, yeah. and then I, then later on, I reflect on it and think, well, that's just the ego, right? Because mm-hmm. um, within myself, I should be really happy. I, oh, wow, that person's made something fantastic of the idea that I gave them or the, the thing that I taught them um, rather than, uh the uh, i i need to be i need to have your approval or acknowledgement right that's outside referral right outer referral we want them to feel it for us we know now i want to just do a quick caveat because something you said was really interesting and it brings this up that is not to say that you want people running around stealing your ideas and walking all over you and taking all of your stuff and claiming credit for it you know that might be a thing where you say hey you know, Bob, I appreciate that, you know, you took credit for that, but um, remember where. So that way there's, you know, because you got to still have a little bit of warrior left in you. That's going to be like, yep. uh-uh, don't Absolutely. just run over me and take my stuff. However, if things, you know, they're doing good and they're getting accolades and they're being there, and you know, you had a hand in that and helping them. And they know, too. I mean, you know, they hmm. uh, they may come to you privately and say, look, I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for you. Uh, you know, that to me is 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 the real legacy, the real honor in 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 living a life and uh yeah and that's what make to me makes a great leader hmm. yeah it, that's a really important point to to balance those things and uh there was something you said earlier on around the the story you told of you know working over the weekend and getting this project done by monday the uh and and it, it triggered in my mind it's a lot of it comes into the style of communication too, being direct in the communication, which is probably part of the warrior archetype, mm-hmm. being direct in the communication. So, Eric, I need this on Monday, as opposed to sort of wishy-washing around. Is it, Eric, do you think, <laughs> yeah. you know, you got anything on on the weekend? Do you think you could get to this thing? <laughs> right, right. See, and that's great. Yeah. And I love that you brought that up because there's another example that I do. And this is the one that I get argued with from people all the time. And this was the one that I, you know, remember I said I swung the pendulum and I went from full on warrior to like, you know, trying to be super nice guy. And that would be like, if I was giving you the same directive, it would have been something like you started doing it, but it would be like, Hey, Jurgen, how you doing? Oh man, you know, we love you here. You just do such a great job and we love everything that you do. And your projects always turn out great. And so, you know, Oh, it really sucks. I have to tell you this. I really don't want to. Yeah. But you know, that project that you're working on, I'm going to need that Monday. And, oh, I know that means you're going to have to work over the weekend. And, man, that is just so terrible. Oh, it's awful. And I feel terrible just saying it. But I'm going to need it on Monday. And if I don't get it on Monday, well, I'm going to have to let you go. I mean, how does that feel? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sort of like totally confused. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. It's all over the place. And it comes from – so that's, you know, the wrong order side. We're coming from the, the lover heart side first. But it's not even – a genuine, authentic caring. It's more like blowing smoke, buttering you up, being patronizing. Um, and, and I get this all the time from people who tell me, like, I have to have a very difficult conversation with someone that works for me, or I have to let somebody go. This was a big one from a friend of mine. She 
called me. She goes, Eric, I know you do this communication thing. And I know you always say, start with the warrior and then support with the lover, you know, get that, you know, I always tell everybody Braveheart. If you think of the movie Braveheart, that'll tell you he wasn't heart brave. He was Braveheart. It was the yeah. warrior came first. And she said, but I, you know, this woman's worked for me for eight years and I really just want to tell her how much she means to me. And no, 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 no. And I said, no, because what happened when I was saying that to you, Jurgen, and this is a feeling I get when somebody says it to me that way, I feel like they're setting me up for something. Hmm. Right? I don't get a genuine, authentic feel from them. It's more of a what's coming. Like I'm getting, yeah, yeah. you know, he's, 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 he's what setting is, me up he, for something yeah. going on. What here. does he want? <laughs> yeah. So my, my defenses come up immediately. I'm like, well, uh, uh. so I'm already a little bit on edge. And then when you hit me with that warrior side at the end, or else I'm going to have to let you go. I'm like, well, geez, where did that come from? Hmm. So if you were doing something like that and, and, you know, even when, when letting somebody go or a difficult conversation, I told my friend, I said, do it this way, be direct. Just get to the point first, and then you can fill in with the heart stuff after. So say, you know, hey, Mary, you know, uh, we've made a decision, and I'm not going to be able to work with you anymore. So we're going to be letting you go. Now, here's how we made the decision. I want you to understand that over the last eight years, we've really appreciated everything that you've done, blah, 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 blah. And if you need a recommendation or if we can assist you in finding a new job, please let me know. I'm happy to write you a recommendation. Um, and uh, thank you and good luck. Right. So it's direct first. You just get that out of the way. That is the warrior. It's just let's just get to it. We've made a decision. We can't work with you anymore. And then here's why. And then the, you know, the support. And she did it that way. She, she argued with me for about a day and a half and said, no, no, no. I want to tell her how wonderful she is and how much I've loved her the last eight years. And she ultimately decided to do it for me. And you know what her reaction was? She, she called me and she said, Eric, when I said to her, we've made the decision can't work with you, but I really want to tell you how much I appreciate everything you've done. Her response to me was, wow, I completely understand. You know, I really haven't been paying attention to the work that I'm doing for you lately. I've been busy with other things and I've been distracted and I completely understand. And it was because she didn't get her defenses up. She didn't think something was coming. She didn't feel like she was being patronized or, you know, buttered up for something. It was just very direct and, and, you know, authentic and genuine. And here's what it is. And, and I'm not going to treat you like a child. I'm not going to treat you like anything else. This is how it's going to be. And I just find that that works. It works in, in in-person communication. And it also works with emails or, or any kind of, you know, texting, written communication come in that way. And it really sets everybody up for understanding what's coming. And so, you know, like we were talking about a minute ago, it's because that's how we understand stories are told, right? We get that stuff first, the challenge, the hardness, the whatever the decision is, the moving forward, and then it's supported on the other side. So, um, and it works, this works great, by the way, you're with kids. Mm. <laughs> I saw my clients when they're working with their kids at home, do the same thing. Don't go to little Johnny and go, oh, little Johnny, you know, daddy loves you and mommy loves you. And we think you're awesome, but you screwed up and you're grounded for a week. Yeah. <laughs> what's going on? They're like, I don't know what's happening. But you know, you lead it from the warrior and you go, Johnny, look, mom and dad and I just took a look at what you did. You know, we had an agreement. You broke the agreement. And so we're going to ground you. Now, this doesn't mean that we don't love you anymore. We think you're amazing and we love you. But you know what the agreement was. You know you broke the agreement. So this is the decision and this is what it is. So let's get moving. It's just a way easier way to have communication with anyone, no matter what age they are. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> great. <laughs> Okay. Um, now, 
one of the things you um, you also talk about, and and this is especially topical right now, where you know we're hopefully on the tail end of this pandemic, but you know, we've been in various stages of lockdown and travel restrictions over the last eighteen months or so, and as a result, doing a lot more work online, and and a lot of businesses are working with remote teams that they've had to then communicate with purely online over this period. So it, um, what are the lessons in your model that apply to leading teams across uh, boundaries, across geographical boundaries, and also across cultural boundaries? Because that's the other thing about this. This um, I think it's a really important point about this whole uh, monomyth metaphor, the hero's journey metaphor, is that you know you can look into all different cultures and find stories in all different cultures that basically follow that structure. So it, it mm -hmm. should work across cultures. So tell me a little bit more about how you can use it in in those situations. Yeah, absolutely. You know that's and that's great too because it is so true. I think one of the biggest uh, things that I get from the people that I work with, um, you know, the executives, the entrepreneurs that I work with is, oh my God, this got lost in translation when I sent it as an email or I texted someone and it just didn't, it didn't come out right. It landed wrong. And, you know, I, I think we've all been um, in that situation. I, I had it recently where I've actually had it the other way where I've read a text and got angry right away. I'm like, what is this guy saying? Why would he say, I'm going to blast this guy back? And, and then I took a minute, took a beat and then reread it and went, oh, that's not what he was saying. I just read it wrong. So in, in that instance, you know, it, it is, it's a double-edged sword in email communication, text communication can land wrong, but on the positive side, it also gives us an opportunity to really feel into what we're going to say before it comes out. You know, a lot of times in conversation, you know, you and I are talking right now and we want to keep the conversation going and I may say something and go, oh crap, I really wish I hadn't said that, <laughs> right? But in an email or in a text, you can read it and really look at it. And I think this follows that because remember a lot of these, you know, stories that were told were first told uh, orally. They were, they were just passed down verbally by storytellers and then they were eventually written down. And so it leads itself into writing really well. And I think if you look at this, you know, I worked with a company and as soon as I laid this out, this, you know, warrior lover that makes you the king and queen and that's how we structure things. If you do it, <laughs> it was actually on a Zoom call that I was doing this. It was a Zoom presentation for this company. And <laughs> immediately I see this one girl who's sitting at her desk is starting to like gesture wildly and she's looking around and I called on her and I said, hey, what, you know, what's going on? And she said, I just realized why we're getting really awkward and defensive responses from our clients on email. I just looked at the emails we send out and we're not saying it this way. Hmm. And I can now see where they're getting either, you know, it's landing wrong or it becomes offensive or any of these kind of things because we weren't structuring it that way. And she went and said, as soon as we were off this training, I'm redoing all of our, you know, automatic emails that go out to clients because I want to structure them in this way. So I think it, it gives us the opportunity, Jurgen, to really put some thought into our communication, um, how we structure it as a, 
you know, when I say story, not that you're going to go into details and be flowery, but it's, this is the structure, warrior, lover, king, queen, hero. What is that journey in everything that you're saying? And how do you be direct about saying it that way and keep it simple? And I find that, you know, you talked about different cultures, different everything. You know, I, I tell people that I work with, uh, that is a big thing right now. Um, you know, especially here in the States, you know, we've had an election recently and there was a lot of division and a lot of things on either side. And a lot of the, the entrepreneurs that I worked with were like, I don't know, I don't want to offend anybody. I don't know what to say. Hmm. How do I say something? And I said, you know, if you're coming from integrity and authenticity, you're not going to go wrong. You know, if you're trying to mask something, if you're trying to be somebody you're not, if you're just real and open and honest, and then if you end up inadvertently saying something that is not, uh, you know, might be construed as offensive, you know, have a conversation with that person. Um, say, look, I, I didn't really understand that that's what that was. Wasn't my intention. Here's what I wanted to do. And I've done that before. I've actually had a situation in, in a business that I was running where uh, one of my team members inadvertently um, really, really offended someone on the team. And the person who was offended didn't come to me. It was several other people. And they pointed this out and they said, I can't believe this got sent out. How dare you? This is horrible. And I went, oh my God, that is, I didn't notice it. I didn't realize let's bring her in. We brought the woman in who was offended. And she said, no, I'm okay. She was trying to be, you know, mm. team player. And I said, no, it's not okay. That is horribly offensive. And I actually got emotional. I told her how I would feel if it had been me and how angry and hurt. And I mean, I really, I got emotional about it when I was telling, I get emotional about it now thinking about what was, what was done. And, and I said, no, we're going to make this right. We're going to fix this right now. And um, you know, it was, I want you to understand this was not intentional, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to fix this. And she was very grateful. And the rest of the team was very grateful. And it was because we didn't try to, you know, sweep it under the rug. We didn't try to make it like nothing happened. And I think if your team knows that you're willing to own up to things that, that, that happen like that, it makes it less, um, I shouldn't say it makes it any hurt any less because listen, these things happen, but I think they know that you're coming from a genuine place. So I always, you know, I have, there's what we call the sacred seven core values. And I tell leaders, if you're living from these core values, you won't go wrong. And the first three are courage, honesty, and integrity. It's when you have the courage to be really ruthlessly honest with yourself and honest with people around you. And I could say, look, I, I made a mistake. I owned up to it. That's when you can live in integrity. If your team knows that you're living in integrity and you will be there if something happens, if something offensive is said, um, if they know, um, you know, the rest of the seven are commitment, duty, honor, and love. And they know you're committed to them, that your duty is to the business, to their growth, to them becoming their own kings, queens, and heroes. If you honor them and respect them and acknowledge them, and really you're coming from love, meaning you're coming from genuinely caring about them as people, uh, I, th I think you'll be okay. And, and you'll give yourself some, um, some leeway in that. And, you know, you're going to have a story about this. I don't know if, if I can tell. It was just something that I do with my teams. Sure. Uh, that, that kind of revolves around this. And, I, and um, <laughs> what I would say, and I did this with, it, with a company I took over. And I took over this team, and they had been just beaten up, Jurgen. I mean, they, they had had some, some really bad managers that were there. They had been, you know, knocked down, dragged through the mud, just really kind of beaten.
and they brought me in to kind of get everything running back and then build the team up. So this, this team was very jaded, very wary. They didn't believe a lot of the stuff they were being told. And so the first day I went in and I had a meeting with them and I said, one more thing before I wrapped up, if I'm ever being an asshole, you have permission to come into my office and tell me, Eric, you're being an asshole. Hmm. I said, not only do you have permission, but I'm going to require that you do this. And they just kind of got wide eyed and they were looking around at each other like, is he serious? Because we just, you know, we've seen people getting fired for, you know, eating lunch too early. Like, what do you mean I can come in and tell you that you're an asshole? Now, I use that word asshole because it's shocking to them in a business sense. But what I'm really saying to them is if I say something or do something that you don't agree with, that offends you, that lands the wrong way, is miscommunicated, you don't understand, I want you to come and tell me. You have full permission, no repercussions. Come tell me. So why do you think I do that, Jurgen? Why was that so important for me to do? Hmm. Yeah, I love it. It's well, I think, you know, if they if they can't come and tell you, they're gonna be talking amongst themselves and that absolutely is trust <laughs> and like right. even if it's only one person that and and you know, that person might be wrong, you might be right in the situation, but that, that person's gonna enlist everybody else to be their rescuer in this uh rescuer, persecutor, um Right. Victim, victimizer. Uh, victim. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, they're the victim. Triangle. I'm the victimizer. Right. How dare Eric say that? Blah, he's such a... Right. And it becomes a cancer in the team. Hmm. So that that is a really important one. So great. I'm glad you got that one. The other one is it empowers them. It gives them the power of a king or a queen because I'm not putting them below me. And I'm not saying I am better than you. And how dare you come tell me or call me out or say... You have absolute permission to come in and have a conversation with me, adult to adult, person to person. I will have that conversation with you because I found that 99% of the time, it's, it's a perception of something that may or may not have been said. I may have said something I didn't even realize what I was saying, hmm. or they may have misconstrued it. And so it's a two-second conversation. We get it cleared up and clean. Everybody moves forward but they feel empowered to do that. So again, it's that dropping of the ego that we talked about. It's being in integrity and saying, look, if, if I said something wrong or did something wrong, I want you to come tell me about it. It's the only way it's gonna get cleared up. And I don't want you running around telling everybody else because that's only gonna cause deeper problems in the company. So that is operating from king, queen, and hero when you can do that, put the ego aside and say, you can speak truth to power, it's okay. We're gonna have a, a an equal level conversation, get this cleaned up and move forward. Hmm. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, must have had quite an impact that one. <laughs> I did, did. Like they, they honestly didn't think I was telling the truth until, you know, I, however long it was later it happened and I did have somebody come in and she said to me, you know, Eric, you said I could come in and tell you anytime you're being an asshole. And I just looked at her and I said, okay, cool. Was I an asshole today? <laughs> and she said, well, and she came in, we sat down and we, we worked it out and it was great. It was like a, 15 minute conversation, all cleared up. Everybody was good. So yeah, they, they were a little bit, you know, non-believing at the beginning and they kind of tested it out. And, and again, you've got to be in integrity. You've got to keep that, you know, you got to yeah. keep your word and let them do it. Sure. Hmm. Sure. One of the things, one of the things, and you mentioned this to me earlier um, before we started recording and it, uh, it sprung to mind again, as you're telling that story, because when you come in 
taking over a new team and you're wanting to get to know people and it's the exercise you mentioned about what's what's your favorite superhero so instead of asking people tell me more about yourself where they, they either clam up and get real guarded or, or they might say what do you want to know and so the conversation doesn't go anywhere so tell us a little bit about the exercise you do in that situation yeah, this is a fun one. And guys, and you know, those of you that are listening, I mean, try this out. I'm telling you this works. It, it's really, really great. And, and, um, I kind of adapted this from something that was told to me by one of my mentors and it was told to him by one of his mentors. So it kind of it got passed down, but I would ask people, and I do this a lot of times when I, you know, just start into a company, you know, I'm doing a corporate workshop and I have all these executives sitting there and I just go, Hey guys, before we get started, um, you know, just a quick thing, write this down. We have a little discussion real fast. Tell me who your favorite superhero is. So it could be your favorite superhero. You know, we got all these Marvel and DC comic movies that came out. So people know superheroes now. They've, they've seen them. They know Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman and all of these. But I'll also say, look, and if you're a fan of, you know, like fantasy stories like Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones or mythology and you want to talk about you know, Athena or Hercules or any of these, tell me who your favorite figure is. And they'll tell me and I'll say, why? Oh, that's fascinating. So Jurgen, who would yours be? Like if I was asking you, who would your favorite superhero be? Well, one of the ones that springs to mind and it's kind of a little topical at the moment is Mulan. Ah, okay. Why Mulan? Tell me why Mulan. Because she broke out of her stereotypes against the societal norms and societal expectations she um, stood up for what she believed in. Um, she decided just because I'm a woman in a, a matriarchal society doesn't mean I can't do the things a man does. Right. And then she went ahead and did it. And right? did it, yeah. And, 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 and it caused the ripple effect, you know, going throughout uh, history. So, yeah, I love that. Like, I, I, whenever anyone asks me, mine is Batman. I don't know why. I've always loved Batman. I can't remember not loving Batman. To me, I love him because he's the only one in the group of the Justice League who's not a superhero. He doesn't have superpowers. He has to rely on his mind, his body, his toys, right? And all these kind of cool things. And he is um, a leader in that sense. And he also has this strong sense of justice. And he has a strong sense of, I am the one that has to do this. I put it on me. I'm the one that has to do this. So I do this with my, with my corporate clients. I say, yeah, so tell me your superheroes. Oh, and we have a little discussion. It's fun. We have a good time. We talk about it. Hmm. But this, the, you know, the, the, the guy who had come up with this um, and it got passed down to me, he said, tell me who your superhero is and I will tell you who you are. Hmm. And I went, ooh, you know what? And if you look at this, a lot of the times, the stories that resonate with us, that we feel strongly about in our hearts, is because we see ourselves as that character. Yeah. Now, a lot of times it's things, and I get from people, they go, no, 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 but I'm not Wonder Woman because, you know, she's a hero and she this and that, and I'm not there, you know, I, I don't have, and I, and, and I argue with them, and I go, well, I'm going to go ahead and argue and say that you do. That is you. You just aren't admitting that and recognizing that to yourself. You're not owning that in you yet but that is who you are and so i do this as fun and it was kind of a neat thing you know okay so now i have some insight into you jurgen knowing that that mm. is who you resonate with and as you're feeling into that can you feel like how some of you know that mulan's story mm. is some of your story yeah yeah 
yeah. yeah. So and, this is how, and it makes it makes perfect sense because you you're sort of attracted to that. You know, there has there's got to be some connection. It's not just out of the blue. You look at that and say that's cool. It's <laughs> somehow somehow you build a connection to the character in the story. Right. It speaks yeah. to you. Right. It mm. speaks to your soul. It's because you connect with that. And so I would do this and I'm like, oh, it's kind of fun. And then the other day I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. If, if you tell me who your favorite superhero or fantasy character or whoever mytholo mythological character is, and I'll tell you who you are, how do we use this in business? How do we use this with our teams? And I thought, what a great interview question to ask somebody in an interview, because like, like you just said, I would go, so you're going to tell me a little bit about yourself. Hmm. And right away you're like, uh, what does he want to know? Like, okay, yeah. so I've got to like, we got to be perfect. And well, I'm really strong in this and I have no weaknesses and I, uh, <laughs> right. So you, you know, you only put your best stuff forward. And especially, you know, if you're in a, in a business sense and you've got a team and you're the CEO or, or, you know, way up there up the chain and you're speaking to someone who's, you know, a new team member or just on a team and you say, Hey, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself. Oh, you know, there's that kind of like, Oh my God, the CEO is talking to me. What? I don't, I don't want to look bad. And you have those people that are very introverted and they also don't like to talk about themselves. So you may not get a lot of information, but when you have a conversation with someone and it's just kind of fun and I might go like, you know, Oh, Jurgen, I was just watching um, that justice league movie. On the thing, that was crazy. I've never watched anything like that before. And I was like, wow, I really like Batman. He's kind of cool. I love how he did this and this and this. Have you seen it? Like, you know, who's your favorite superhero? And get them talking and you'll find out a lot more about who they are and what they're really interested in than just by asking them, tell me a little bit about yourself. Hmm. And so I found that like, if you're putting a team together, you know, you might have Susie and she's a Wonder Woman, right? So, you know, she's going to take the lead. She's going to do whatever it takes to get it done. She's going to power through. She's going to, you know, fight for whatever she needs to fight for. And then I had a really interesting one, Jurgen, that came up. I was doing this on a, um, a live chat uh, about, a, let's say, two weeks ago. And the guy said his favorite character was from Lord of the Rings. And it was Samwise Gamgee. And if you know the Lord of the Rings stories, it was Samwise was the hobbit that was right there next to Frodo on his mission to return the ring to Mordor. And so it was this incredibly dangerous mission. And Samwise was like the super loyal, right there by your side, will do whatever it takes to make sure that you succeed. Yeah. And that is my mission. And I thought, wow, that's a guy I want even, on the team. Yeah, he and he was even to the extent where he was put down by Frodo in various times during that journey. And he was like almost ostracized. And yet he stuck to, to that mission and the loyalty to his friend, even, even at a time when he was shunned and rejected. Right. Right. He was fiercely loyal. So if I've got somebody on my team and that's their character, I'm like, all right, I know who this guy is. I'm putting him with wonder woman because the two of them together, <laughs> Are going to be amazing. They're just going to be amazing, <laughs> and so you know it's kind of a fun thing to see. And I, I've actually been shocked at some of the answers that I've gotten twice in the last couple of weeks. I've had somebody tell me that the Joker, the villain from Batman, <laughs> the Joker was their favorite. And I was like, at first, I was like, wait, I'm going to watch out for this guy because. <laughs> and then, and then I asked them. I said, well, why? Tell me why the Joker. And the, the one one guy said, um, well, because he 
firmly believes in what he believes in, doesn't care what anybody else thinks, doesn't care about rules. He's going to get his mission done no matter what. And he does it his way. And I went, wow, you know, in a, if you look at it in a positive manner, this might be a guy I'd want on a team, hmm. right? I mean, he's going to get the job done. Now, I may have to keep an eye on him because he's into, you know, breaking rules. And so we have to maybe keep, you know, uh, keep him between the lines a little bit. But um, he's somebody that I know might get the job done. And, and it always brings up this great quote from um, George R.R. R. Martin, who wrote Song of Fire and Ice uh, book series, you know, where Game of Thrones was taken from. And somebody had asked him about why he writes such great villains, such, you know, really intriguing villains. And he said, well, a villain is simply the hero of the other side. And mm. I thought, wow, that's great perspective. So if you flip it and you say, what would I, who would I have to be to be the hero of the other side? And that's what makes a great villain. So in this guy's mind, the Joker was just the hero of the other side. Yeah. He saw him as that hero. So you will get some really cool insight into the people that um, work with you and for you. And uh, it's just a lot of fun to do. And it, it really will get you a little bit deeper than you normally would by just asking them, hey, tell me a little bit about yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love it. Yeah, that's a, a great starter question. And the, and the why question, I guess, is really important. So how do, how do you go in that exercise if somebody comes up with um, a character that you're not all that familiar with? Um, well, two things. One, I would say, again, just being an integrity and honest. You're gonna, I, don't, I don't really know who that is. I've never heard that. Tell me about them a little bit. And you'll see people when they are passionate about something, we've all experienced this, they just want to tell you. Hmm. And so you can even say, you know, I'm not really, you know, you're I'm not familiar with Mulan. I mean, I've heard it. I know it was a Disney film. And I know they made a live action version, but I, I really don't know the story. Tell me the story. Hmm. And then they may tell you some things about the character that also give you deeper insight into yeah. who the character yeah. is and what they think. So you can actually use that to your advantage there and actually get some deeper conversation. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's true, isn't it? Because then, you know, the then you actually get into the, what is it that's resonating with you about that character? Because then you hear, okay, well, that must be you too. Yeah. <laughs> and and the other benefit of this too is, you know, is from a leadership standpoint, is, you know, you're having real, genuine, you know, authentic conversation with people in your, in in your organization. And and you you know, for me, when I ask this question, I'm genuinely intrigued. I really want to know. Who their person is, and like you know, I see your reaction as we're sitting here talking, and I know you know no one else can see the video, but like you know, we're both kind of animated and smiling yeah, yeah. about it, and, and so the person who's working with you is like, wow, they really care about me. They, I just had a great conversation with Jurgen, and he's the CEO of the company. And he really cared. We had a nice fifteen minute conversation. We talked about Mulan for crying. Mean, I can't even believe that. Nothing to do with work, and so he builds that connection and that relationship also, and it lets them see you as a as a real person. And it, it allows you to have these really authentic conversations. And look, I've seen it happen at company after company after company. You know, it, it happens around sports. I've been in companies where like, you know, even the higher up leadership of big sports fans and you pass them in the hallway and they're like, Hey, did you catch the game last night? And you can hmm. have a real conversation. It doesn't have to be always about business. And that really forms that, that bond, that communication, that relationship from a really authentic place. So, this kind of adds to that as well. Hmm. Yeah, right. I love it. And, you know, it brings out the the thing that we probably started with a little bit, which is the genuine communication and, and genuine connection, which um, 
is is I guess the one of the hallmarks of the true leader. Yeah, it is authenticity. I mean, there's really no way around it. I mean, I've learned this lesson hard. Um, you know, it's like I said, I, I look at the first three of those um, seven core values that I mentioned before, and they're courage, honesty, integrity. And the initials of those is C-H-I, which is chi. But if you know anything about Eastern philosophies, chi is where our power comes from. It's our energy flow. It's our life force. And so when I work with my, my clients, I'll say, look, we got to get your chi flowing, your courage, your honesty, your integrity, because I learned the hard way that if when you're living out of integrity, you're not being honest and you don't have the courage to be really brutally honest with yourself and with others, everybody knows. Like I thought, oh, I got these people snowed. I can just pretend to be this guy and put this, you know, face forward. And, you know, we've all had bosses like that. We've all worked with people like that. And we all know they're, you know, full of crap. It's, you know, it's fake. And then we don't trust. Then we don't respect. I would rather, again, it goes back to come in my office and tell me I'm an asshole, hmm. right? I would rather have somebody say to me, um, you know, if they were my boss and I asked them a question, I'd rather them say, uh, you know, Eric, I honestly don't know. Wow. I really don't know. I'm at a loss here. Let's figure it out. Let's find the answer. Okay. You'll find it. I'll find it. We're going to find the answer together rather than get some whole line of, you know, baloney about how blah, 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 blah happens. So I think it's so important to be really authentic, to be um, genuine, to have these real conversations, to be in integrity, meaning you're the same person in public as you are in private. There's, you're not hiding anything. There's nothing fake or phony there. You know, you're willing to tell whatever the story is. You're willing to be open and honest. You have the courage to be open and honest. And that'll lead you to integrity. And I think that's really so important, especially today in leadership, because, you know, people are way more aware. They're way more um, educated, knowledgeable. They can look anything up in an instant. And mm -hmm. so they, they will know when you're not being truthful. And so that's, I think that's, that's a really, really important um, characteristic to have. So I always tell everybody, remember your chi, your, yeah. your life force, your power, your chi, courage, honesty, integrity, come from that and you will be, you'll be okay. Great. All right. Well, I think it's a good point now to move on to the buzz, which is our innovation round. And it's designed to help our leaders who are primarily innovators and leaders in their field with some tips from your experience. And so there's five very specific questions. Hopefully you'll inspire the listener to go and do something awesome today, other than what you've already inspired in the conversation <laughs> cool. we've had today. Yeah, so what, sure. What's the number one thing you think anyone needs to do, do to be more innovative? Yeah, you know, I think for, for me on this, the one word that comes to mind is allow, right? Mm. Allow. This goes back to that talking about the ego thing and not, you know, I, I always try to, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm reminded by my mentors to always, you know, uh, be like a child. Pretend you know nothing, right? Eric, I know you're an expert in this, mm. but in order to innovate, in order to think of new things out the box, pretend you don't know anything and then just allow it all in and, and, and take everything in because... Um, I have learned some very hard lessons by not doing that. And I've learned some amazing lessons by actually doing that. So allow, take it all in and, and don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to try new things. I had a company that I worked for and they basically told us they expected us to fail, but they said they wanted us to fail forward fast. Do it, test, fail, learn, move. 
And I was like, wow, that's great. But they were allowing. They were like, we're not going to tell you no. Just let it go. So allow would be the big yeah. for me. Yeah, I love it. And and also based on what we've been talking about um, to date, it would be allow other people to have inputs, allow other people to come in and help, right? A hundred, hundred, hundred percent. Some really incredible ideas have come from people you would never imagine. I mean, I've had conversations with people who weren't even on my team, weren't in my industry, weren't my audience. And I might just ask them a question and they come up with genius ideas. So Sometimes the experts are the worst people to talk to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas? Maybe that was just the answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Allow. Well, you know, it's interesting because for me, it's, it's always been be quiet. Hmm. Just shut up and be quiet and, and quiet your mind. And I've, you know, been doing a form of meditation for years and years now. And, you know, it's interesting. I, I find that when I just stop the noise and I'm just quiet and stop trying to think of a new idea or a new product and just let it be. Um, I had a guy that I worked with a long time ago who was a sales copywriter and he said, I can't sit in front of my computer and write. I've got to get up and vacuum or clean the kitchen or fold laundry. And I thought, this guy's nuts. And then I tried it <laughs> and he was a genius. Because yeah. if I get stuck, I'll get up and just like, all right, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to vacuum the floor. And you get that of the vacuum and I'm not thinking about it and I'm doing things. I think that's why people come up with such great ideas in the shower. Because hmm. you're not in front of a screen. You're not trying yeah. to do anything. You're There's just, no your mind is flowing. Yeah. There's no distraction. So for me, yeah, the best thing I think you can do is um, uh, just be quiet and, and hmm. go do something that's not related. Yeah, I love it. Um, I, I've had this similar response quite often and I always relate it back to when I go out cycling on my own because that's when I get a lot of ideas and I'm just in the flow and and relaxed but uh, your vacuum vacuum example reminded me of something I recently bought a uh, one of these push mowers I thought you know it'd be cool to get some more exercise and we don't have that much lawn and actually it turns out it's easier than because it's a lot less weight to push than the lawn mower and and the uh, wheels that the machine translation on the wheels actually gives it enough momentum that you don't have to work very hard to turn the blades and cut the grass. It's, so, yeah. But what I do now is because it's easy just to get out. You don't have to bother filling up petrol and checking oil and starting it up and worrying about starting. So you just walk out, mow a bit of lawn. And I've, I've discovered now that um, I have ideas when I do that. And I thought that'd be a cool one to do. Just uh, okay, I'm stuck. I'm just going to go out and mow a strip of lawn. <laughs> and then you could tell everybody, look, this was a lawnmower idea. Yeah, yeah. So I know it's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Now, do you have a favorite resource you use most often? Yeah, you know, for me, um, I love Evernote. Um, mm -hmm. I've been using Evernote for years and years and years. I mean, I was I was a journalist for a long time before I started doing this. I wrote for a lot of major publications. I wrote for Discovery Channel, uh, their online publication for years, and I would travel. And a lot of times uh, I found that it was easier for me to open up Evernote on my phone, boop, 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 tap in some, some notes wherever I was, put my phone back in my pocket, open it up on my laptop later, and then write my article from that. But what it's done in business for me is it's invaluable because I used to carry little notebooks around and I would have pieces of paper. I'd run over and look for a piece of paper. Now, it doesn't matter where I am. This is on my laptop, my iPad, my phone. One of the three of those is always in front of me. And I find that when I can just, if I have an idea, 
or I have something coming up, I either hit, you know, a record on my phone and, and do a recorded note, or I'll open up Evernote and just tap the note out. And that way it, it downloads from my, my head into that. And then I can think freely again. Cause I found that when I was like, okay, don't forget this. Don't forget this. Don't forget this. That's a great idea. That's a really cool idea. Don't forget this. By the time I went and got found some paper or, or, you know, and, and muddled through the six or seven distractions that may have come up, it might be gone. And that was stressful. So for me, it was easy. Evernote, boom, 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 done. It's always with me. Hmm. Yeah. I love, love that concept. The whole idea of getting out of, out of getting the idea out of your head down on paper where you can then retrieve it later on. And also, I mean, to me, the challenge always with that is getting enough information down that later on, it still makes sense. Um, because if I'm on the bike, for example, and I come up with this idea and I'm like thinking, wow, this is a brilliant idea. And then I usually don't stop to write it down. So I kind of try to remember, remember it. Sometimes I come back with five ideas on my head and I make up acronyms or something to, to remember them. And then first thing I do is come in, grab a bit of paper and write them down. But sometimes I find that whilst I remember what the idea was, that uh, the whole enthusiasm around it is not there anymore mm. yeah just yeah, doesn't I mean, feel that, the same can happen yeah i mean well you know sometimes when it strikes us we go oh my god that's amazing and then you write it yeah. and you have to look at it but it, that may also trigger another idea down the, down mm. the way so that one may kind of flame out but you're like you know what but if i did this to it then it might you know get there so mm. you're just little seeds of, of, of innovation that you can mm. you can kind of sprinkle out throughout those notes yeah yeah, and of course, the beauty, well, there's two things about Evernote that, that's really great with, the, um, and there's a few note-taking apps out there that do this, but you can you, you can put photos in there, you can put um, recorded websites. audio in there, like you say, you can link out to websites, and the other bit is, like you said, it's available on all devices, so yeah. you don't have so to be in front just, of the yeah. computer. Yeah. Mm. yeah, they're really great to have. Yeah. Okay, now what's the best way to keep a client on track? And we've probably talked about some of this already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, I have a great one for this because you know I'm one of those guys that chases shiny objects. I've always been this way. <laughs> I, I, you know, I it's like how to Eric, how do we keep Eric on track? Hmm. Um, because I will, I'll go off and 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 try to chase the 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 best new thing, or someone will say, Eric, you should be doing this for your business. I'm like, okay, and then I go down a rabbit hole and I don't come hmm. back. So I can really see it in my clients because it's me. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I just interviewed someone from my podcast uh, a few weeks ago and he had this great thing. He talked about vision and what he called it was, you know, we've all said, you know, have a vision, you're going to have a vision for your business or a visionary thing and set goals or whatever. And he said, but for me, um, I call it my North star. So my overall vision is my North star. And that is going to guide every decision that I make, everything that I do. Does it benefit that overall vision? So if I, I'm being guided by my North Star, and my North Star is my vision, somebody comes to me and says, uh, you know, Eric, oh, it's this great thing. It does this and this and this. Does it lead us to the vision? Does it help us get there? Right? And explain to me why or how. And for me, you know, I've adopted that recently because, like I said, just a few weeks ago, and I kind of looked at it and I went, um, you know, his name was Hank McClarity was, was the guest that I had interviewed. And I said, Hank, you know, I'm stealing that, by the way, I'm going to use that, you know, <laughs> stealing, but I'm going to be adopting that for myself because mm. I'm a shiny objects guy. 
And if I have that one big shiny object in the sky, that North Star, I'm going to use that as my guide rail from now on. So I think that would be the best way to keep them on track. Use that as your thing. Does is what you're telling me now or the distraction you're about to get into, does it get you closer to where you want to be, that North Star? Hmm. Yeah, I love it. And and it's kind of consistent with the core values um, idea from our conversation earlier, right? You've got Absolutely. core values. Am I am I integrity? Am I in integrity with my core values as a as a guiding question for behavior? And now you've got um, is does this get me closer to the North Star in terms of making a decision to do this or not do it? Absolutely, hundred percent. I agree. Yeah, beautiful. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, now what's the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate themselves? <laughs> you know, I think this comes down to what we just said, too, about being uh, in integrity, right? If you're authentic. Mm. And, you know, I, I, I got into this trap um, early in my career where, like, I wanted to look like everybody else. I wanted to lead like everyone else. Yeah. If I went to an office, I had to dress like everybody else. I had a really close friend of mine in high school. And when we got out of college, um, we were both working in Manhattan. I grew up in New York City outside New York City and we were both working in Manhattan and uh, um, I was working in restaurants. I was running restaurants and he was in high finance. He was working on Wall Street and he had what I called the uniform and it was mm. like, you know, the blue suit, the white shirt, <laughs> yeah. the top. And I said, you know, Vic, what are you doing, man? I said, you like wear the same thing every day. He's like, no, nope, I have to conform. I have to look like everybody else. I have to. Da -da -da. And I could see where I had done that a lot of the times. Like, oh, if I'm going to teach people how to be better leaders, better communicators, this is what everyone is saying. And I've even had other people say to me, well, how do you relate to such and such? And so-and-so does it this way. And you have that feeling that I, I need to be like them, but it doesn't feel right. So now I'm not authentic. I'm not doing my thing, right? I'm not being who I am. I've met some very successful people who I've met for business meetings and they were dressed outrageously. And I'm like, you know, my initial reaction is that's not how you dress for a business yeah. meeting. And then I'm like, wait a minute, that's awesome that they're dressing like this for business. That's just who they are. They're mm. just being them. And, and I love that. And I think, you know, we are all so unique and different. That's the beauty of everyone. I mean, we've come from different cultures, different backgrounds, different sexes, different upbringings, different belief systems. And that is probably the most beautiful thing, I think, on this planet, that we have this uniqueness about us. And so I would say, you know, to differentiate yourself, be just that. Be who you are authentically and you will stand out. Yeah. Great. I love it. And going back to our earlier conversation, and this kind of reminded me, actually it came up before, but you've reminded me again then, you know, why I love Mulan, because I think there was a point during her journey where she realized, you know, because she dressed up as a man to go into the army because women were not allowed to go into the army to fight. And at some point she realized, she came to this realization that her powers were not reliant on her pretending to be a man or dressing as a man. And so she shed the mask and, you know, the powers remained. And I think that's, that's, kind of one of the the principles there you know be authentic to yourself you don't need to put on a mask absolutely 100 percent. i agree mm. it's a great example of it too and then look what happens when you finally do that mm. right you shine right and you yep. you fulfill your purpose your destiny those kind of things so yeah i agree 100 percent. 
Great, love it. Well, this has been absolutely fantastic, Eric. I could <laughs> go on for ages, and we yeah, me a, too. I had enjoyed a, had it. a break in the, in between, so I'm not actually sure of the timing, but I know we've been going for quite a while. Um, <laughs> where can where can people find out more about you and the work you do, and um, listen to the Warriors, Lovers, Kings, and Queens and Heroes podcast, and also maybe even reach out and say thanks for what you shared today. Oh yeah, I love that. I love people to reach out to me. So I always tell everybody, you know, tap into that warrior and you be bold. Be courageous. Mm. Just get me on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. You know, it's uh, you'll have my name, Eric Rogel. I'm the only Eric Rogel on LinkedIn. So find me, connect with me, send me a message. I love hearing what you got out of, uh, you know, what we're talking about here today and how you might use this or if you've tried something similar in the past and, 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 and what your um, results were. I love hearing that. So LinkedIn's a great place because we can actually connect and have a conversation. You can go to um, ericrogel.com learn about some of the things that I, topics that I speak on, uh, you know, a little bit about me, my bio, my background. You can also connect with me there and the podcast. So Warriors Lover, Eric Rogel talks with Warriors, Lovers, Kings, and Heroes is the story of, um, I interview men. This was a, a specific project where I wanted to present really great role models for young men because I felt like there was not enough of that uh, really positive male role models. And I wanted them to tell the story of, how they became the men they are today, how they got this successful, the challenges they've faced, the failures that they've had, and then ultimately the success and the lessons that they learned. And you can get that on, it's on every major platform. So it's on uh, Apple Podcasts, it's on Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, all the big ones. You can find it there. Just search my name or search Warriors, Lovers, Kings, and Heroes. You'll find it. Great. Love it. And we'll... We'll get. Uh, we'll put all the links to those in the show notes, so it's easy for you to click through. Um, now, do you have some parting advice for our listener today as we wrap this up, Eric? <laughs> right, like as a wrap up everything that we've talked yeah. about so far that we have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think the advice would be, you know, um, this is your story, right? Look at your life as your story, and you have the ability to write that story. So write your story. And live your story and, and do it from the warrior. Know when to tap into your warrior. Look at challenges as a positive thing. They may not feel it uh, when we're going through it, but really look at them as a positive thing in your life. Because everyone that I've ever interviewed, I'm sure, Jurgen, you've seen this too, the, the challenges and the failures are the, are the most life-changing moments for people. It's what they tell me that the, the really drove them to their biggest success. So I would say tap into your warrior. Don't be afraid of it. Overcome those challenges. Embrace your lover side, your heart. Find your passion. Be creative. Be playful. Um, you know, impart your wisdom. That'll bring you to king and queen. Write that story of you as the king and queen. And then ultimately the hero. Become the hero and help guide the other people. And I will tell you at the end of your life, when you look back on it, if you've lived towards writing your story as being a hero, uh, you'll look back and realize, yeah, I really was. I've had an incredible impact on many, many lives, and it was very fulfilling. So that would be my my biggest piece of advice. Yeah, great, and definitely lots of um, lots of ideas and thoughts that we've talked about today is very consistent with that uh, philosophy. All right. Well, finally, Eric, who else should I get on this show, and why? Oh, great! I got a great one for you. He's a good friend. Uh, I've actually had him on my show a couple of times. I think he'd be perfect for you. His name is Tommy Breedlove. Tommy is the author of the book Legendary, 
It's a uh, USA Today and Wall Street Journal bestseller. And Tommy has a great story of his own. I'll let him tell it, not my story to tell, <laughs> but he has his own story of going through some, you know, real challenge and a real awakening of, of who he was actually being and then decided that um, his journey was going to be to guide other people to live legendary lives. So a lot of what he says is there's some similarity there. Um, you know, I tell him he's being heroic in doing this. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a great book. He is an amazing, amazing guy. And uh, he's a, a tremendous interview. So I think, uh, I think you'd love him. I think your listeners would love to hear from him. Great. Well, we'll, we'll get an introduction to Tommy from you and reach out to him, bring him on the show. Look forward to that as well. Great. Great. All right. Well, thanks so much, Eric, for sharing your insights and, and your thoughts and the hero's journey with us today so much on this podcast. I've, I've really enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed digging into this. You know, I'm a fan of the whole monomyth concept and its application to life in general and business and how it can be applied to a whole range of things. So this has been great to explore it from a leadership aspect in more detail. I've learned a lot and um, yeah, had a lot of fun. So all the best for the future and let's stay in touch. Absolutely. You're going to be, it was my pleasure. And like I said, my honor to be here and I had a blast. It was just a lot of fun. Just uh, kind of going through all this with you. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed that fascinating and delightful conversation with Eric and took something away from his episode. I loved that superhero exercise. What a great conversation starter that gives you insight into the other person. Now, I'm curious to know what you took away from Eric's episode. Please do tell me by leaving a comment below the blog post, which you can find at innovabiz.co forward slash Eric Rogel. That is E-R-I-C. R-O-G-E-L-L, all lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash Eric Rogel. You'll also find contact information for getting in touch with Eric there, as well as links to his website, to the Warriors, Lovers, Kings and Heroes podcast, to his social media pages and the other resources we spoke about in our conversation today. If you like this episode, please do share it with two other people that it might help or even more other people that it might help. So much wonderful information here, you shouldn't be keeping it for yourself. Tag me in on that share and I will reward you with a special surprise. Thank you. Eric suggested that we have a conversation with Tommy Breedlove, author of Legendary, on a future Innova Buzz podcast episode. So Tommy, keep an eye on your inbox for an invitation from us to the Innova Buzz podcast, courtesy of Eric Rogel. Tune in again to the next episodes of the Innova Buzz podcast where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up, including Veronica Shannon, founder of Retub, and play and game consultant Elia Sandovar. Thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show to be reminded of new episodes. It's free to subscribe. Leave a review if you like. Even if you don't like me, I'm okay with that. I'm asking you to leave a review because it helps other people find this show. Go to innovabiz.co to join our marketing transformation community and access a free gift my team and I made for you. It's the Marketing Master Mini Class. 
we want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.